0: This is a dude studios production and Hey, I'm the dude before we get things started. I just want to announce that Hey bartender podcast has started its own patron crowdfunding campaign. That's right. You can get on to www.patron.podbean.com slash Hey bartender podcast and check out some of the stuff that I've got going on there. I've got goals like, over tipping a server. I uh, most of it's crowdfunding, just so I can build a bigger and better podcast. And also, you can find out ways to be a part of Hey Bartender podcast, get uh, shout outs from me, or even do the shout outs yourself, or do a video shout out on to my social media page and advertise yourself and the bar. Go check out patron.podbean.com/slash Hey Bartender podcast today. And find out what you can do to help fund Hey Bartender Podcast and what benefits are in it for you. I call it a tip jar with benefits. But until then, Laura Hope and the Arctones, get us started, please. Hey
1: Bartender, hey bartender. me a drink, me a drink. The reason that I'm here.
0: The ways of the world. Welcome back to the Saturday Big Show edition of Hey Bartender Podcast. I am your bartender, Anthony, and I have got a big show for you guys because I've got special guest Kimberly De Niro from Brooklyn, New York, and musical guest the Darina Harvey Band. As some of you might know the Darina Harvey Band from the song The Last Shanty you hear on TikTok quite a bit nowadays. It's a great song, so I brought them on the show Uh, To play the entire song Because it's definitely a song that deserves to be heard But first, my special guest Uh, She is a New York City comedian, bartender, writer One half of the comedy group Left Breast Comedy Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce you all To Miss Kimberly De Niro Kimberly, welcome to the show have me. so Kimberly like I tell everybody when they, when they come on to my show you know you spent time behind the bar do you have uh, I always start off the show with a drink special now do you have a drink that either you made or the, just something that you'd like to make?
2: Um, yeah well I'm a huge fan of margaritas so um, I did sort of torture my uh, bar co-workers every fall um, with my like Halloween pumpkin margarita.
0: Halloween so pum- pumpkin margarita. It?
2: Yes. Okay. It's, a, it's a pumpkin spice margarita for all for all my basic bitches out there. <laughs> um, it's uh two ounces tequila, a half ounce lime lemon lemon juice, sorry, <laughs> uh ginger liqueur instead of triple sex, so an ounce of that. A cinnamon sugar rim, um, a little bit of bitters and orange juice for color, and uh, then you shake it up and that's pumpkin margarita.
0: Now, so you shake it, you don't blend it?
2: No, no, I, I shake it just because I feel like frozen drinks aren't seasonally appropriate for uh, fall.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, I thought the blender was broken. That was always my excuse. So,
2: <laughs> Yeah, we would say that too. We didn't have a blender. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was just always broken and it also didn't exist.
0: <laughs> Typical bartender thing. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So... Go check – if one of you bartenders out there want to make that drink and try it out, please let us know what you thought of it. And you can email me, dude, at HeyBartenderPodcast, and uh, let me know, and I'll extend it out to Kimberly, or you can hunt her down on Instagram. We'll give you all that information a little bit later.
2: It would definitely get mixed reviews by my coworkers.
0: so – Well (laughs) – it makes me laugh a little bit because yeah, I'd never thought of a like a pumpkin margarita, and so it's unusual.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't have any pumpkin in it. It's just the cinnamon and ginger essence give it the the fall seasoning. So.
0: <laughs> well, I don't want to. No, I was about to make some comment about uh, the pumpkin spice and the what you called basic bitch, but I, uh, I think I should stay away from that. So. <laughs>
2: I'm I'm a proud basic pumpkin spice girl, so oh, nothing I, wrong
0: with that. Absolutely nothing.
2: <laughs> like to add on everyone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, tell us about yourself.
2: Uh, like my my life now.
0: Well, in the quarantine. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. How is how is quarantine going for you in New York?
2: Um, it's been it's been pretty chill actually. I've um I've just kind of never left my apartment and. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of DIY home projects. Mm. I painted my kitchen cabinet. Uh, <laughs> I've been playing music on my keyboard. I've been fighting with my upstairs neighbors. There's been a lot of that.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, typical, uh, typical for the quarantine.
2: I had um, some like musical theater singers that lived above me, and it was awful. But they moved out, so so. I
0: you potentially had the cast of Hamilton right above you.
2: Yeah, they were always practicing. And I was like, hey, it's a pandemic. What are you practicing for? Like, there's no show. It's over. I don't know what you're doing. Um, they were committing their craft, which I respect. But I didn't respect the stomping at 9 a.m., the tap dancing. Uh, you know, it was bad. It was
0: mm-hmm. bad. For, uh, for bartender hours, uh, uh, 9 a.m. is not good.
2: No. Oh, yeah. I definitely had to adjust to like sleeping like a normal person. Ugh,
0: yeah. I
2: finally like go to bed before. Four-
0: before 430. Uh, you broke up there a little bit. Yeah. You know,
2: so. Sorry. Yeah. I was just saying that it's nice to finally uh, have like normal sleep and go to bed. Not at 4 a.m.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I used to like that because. uh. During during the day, I'd go out and do stuff, uh, and everybody else is at work, and I don't have to be at work until five or six or something.
2: Yeah, true. That was always fun. That was definitely always fun, and there was always one coworker that would be like, "Let's get lunch before work," and then that would just turn into like just beer, and then it was like <laughs> one and one p.m. and everyone's like day drunk for the shift. So <laughs> I, I, I don't miss drinking for like fourteen hours straight. That's, that's uh. <laughs> me <laughs> for now.
0: So hey bartender podcast, I invite uh, all sorts of bartenders servers to be on the show, talk about themselves, promote themselves. So uh, let's get started at the beginning of your career uh, in the service industry. When did you get started?
2: Um, uh, six years ago, uh, I graduated from college and my really good friend who is still a really close friend of mine, we do stand up together. Um, she was like, well, if you can't find a job, I can train you at the bar that I work at. And I thought it would just be like a temporary thing. Um, And then I would just walk (laughs) into Hollywood and they'd be like, you're perfect. (laughs) Um, But no, I, yeah, I I stayed there six years and um, I was still working there uh, when, um, you know, COVID happened and everything. So, I started as a hostess and then I became a server for a few years and then I bartended um, for the last four years.
0: So, are, have you been at the same place the whole time?
2: Yeah, same bar. I had like a few like barista jobs and I worked at like some cafes and I worked at Quizno subs in high school, <laughs> <laughs> which um, I think counts as service. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, my, um, this is like the first uh, bartending job and the only one that I've ever had.
0: Now, uh, when it comes to me being uh, in the service industry, I never experienced uh, the part about being a host or a hostess. Uh, let's start. Let's start off with that because I've never t- uh, talked about hosts or hostesses on this show. Uh, now, the basic job of the hostess uh, was to seat people, find find a spot for them to sit down. Now, when customers come in, like say during a dinner rush, does that give you a big migraine? Uh, because they're waiting, trying to wait patiently?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I worked at, like, um, it was more of, like, a cocktail lounge sort of thing. We had food, but it wasn't, like, full entrees. Um, so, luckily, we didn't have to deal with, like, people being, like, starving for their <laughs> for their dinner party or something. Um, but they actually, like, created the host job for me. They were like, oh, well, she has no experience, but we need to do a favor for my friend. Oh, um cool. So, they hired me, but they kind of were just like, "Oh, we'll train her, and then she can say that she worked here, and then hopefully get a job somewhere else." And I was like, "Jokes on you, I'm staying." <laughs> uh, so they had like, they had like no idea what the job was. They were like, "Okay, so when people come in, um, I guess like try and seat them." But then there was such low turnover on the tables because people would really just like to hang out there and order a ton of drinks that. Um, I, there was kind of nothing for me to do. So then they were like, okay, well, you also have to refill waters now, or you can be like a back server. So I ended up um, learning how to serve that way. But then the waitress would get really annoyed because she'd be like, she just took my table. So then that was always like, you oh, know, God. we were always like, mm, about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I also didn't make the tips. So I would basically just be like a second server and then do all that work and then still make like a base hourly. So I was like, I can't wait to learn how to serve <laughs> so that I can make more money.
0: For some reason, in the last uh, for the last couple months, um, a lot of the people that I've interviewed on this show have been from New York or New York, New Jersey uh, area, and uh, I've talked to a couple of them, and they said that uh, bartenders and servers on at some establishments, at least, do not make an hourly wage. Uh, is that true in your case?
2: um yeah at my place well it depends i mean i think when people say that like they they mean like how their taxes are taken out because it's i mean it's illegal to not pay someone an hourly right that's so, what like, i thought we yeah it, legally like unless you're not on the books which maybe there were maybe that's what they're talking about like if you're on the books then they have to pay you an hourly which is really low standard like tips wage um but like a lot of places will do like all that money will go to your taxes. So you never actually see that. Mm. So like you get like paychecks, but it will say $0 and that's like all the money that you made for your hourly rate.
0: Oh, that, you know, seeing a $0 paycheck, that would kill me.
2: <laughs> I know it's sad. Like my purse is like still full of just like a bunch of $0 stubs. I'm like, wow, this is what I have to show for my career. So I should just frame them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> see, the That's just something that I just never been able to understand because the uh, the servers in uh, those areas, they're uh, they don't they say they don't make an hourly wage, they but they have to claim all their tips on, on their taxes, and or at the end yeah, of every night. Still, uh,
2: yeah, we could still claim all of our tips, so I always would end up owing a bunch of money at the end of the year, which was so annoying. But um, but yeah, it was. I think when people say they don't make their hourly, it just means they never actually see it because it just goes all to taxes.
0: Right. Yeah. So your friend hooked you up. She uh yeah. she knew you needed a job and so she got you a job uh hostessing where you moved up to server and uh then bartender. Now, did you uh have a problem with transitioning between those positions because you're with the customers at a different level with each job?
2: Yeah, and I'm actually I'm a really strong advocate for every one who wants to bartend at least in like a really high turnover, like speed kind of bartending place. um, You should know like how to do every role Um, because it helped so much how to learn to bartend when I knew what the servers were dealing with. And um, I also like knew what the hostess was dealing with um, because I was able to communicate with everyone better. Whereas we would get a lot of people that come in they only knew how to bartend and they, you know, they would do their job so by the books and like not, get the glass for the waitresses or not like you know deal with something at the computer when they were busy or something so um i definitely was always like in in charge of but <laughs> he was helped a lot um but yeah there's a really big difference between just like how the customers treat you and it was pretty crazy like if i messed up waitressing everyone would be like wow this girl's an idiot But when I messed up bartending, they'd be like, "Oh, it's fine. Take your time." Like the respect level between the customer and the bartender is so different than the customer and the server, which was disappointing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I totally agree. But um, and that goes along with everybody. Every server's uh, saying that everybody should spend time in the service industry for at least six months in their life so they understand what the servers and bartenders are actually going through. Definitely, because we uh, like these uh the proverbial karens they uh they treat you <laughs> hard but uh most of them just don't understand uh, that all the stuff that we have involved or if their food is cooked wrong it's not the server's fault. Uh, oh
2: yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. But yeah, a lot of people just don't understand like the general flow of how places work, which like I don't blame them. And I always say like part of being a good bartender is like being a good ballerina like it's really hard, but it shouldn't look hard. Like if you see someone back there and they're like sweating and like breaking glasses and not in control, it's like that person is new or is having a really (laughs) hard night. But like, if you can do it gracefully, it's, um, and it doesn't look like you're panicking on the inside. That's really, I think like part of, part of the art.
0: Well, that goes along with your other career that, uh, I I just found out about of being a, uh, being a comedian. You can, uh, you can act your way through or say something to kind of get yourself either in worse trouble or no trouble at all. Right.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And part of being a comedian is also kind of making it look easier than it is. Definitely. Mm. Like people will be like, Oh, did you just like come up with that bit as you went along? And I was like, (laughs) no, I've been working on this for years. (laughs) It's written like word for word. So yeah, (laughs) it's,
0: So when you uh, your friend finally got you by, behind the bar and started training you how to be a bartender, did you have a knowledge of drinks before you walk behind the bar? Or
2: yeah, definitely. Um, I was like really paying attention because um, I worked at like kind of a it was relatively small, so it was one server at the time and then one bartender. So I would when I was waiting for my drinks to bring on the floor, I was always watching the bartender and always like figuring out what was in everything. So, when I got back there, I just, um, I already like knew where all the bottles were. I pretty much knew all the recipes. It was mostly just like trying to deal with the computer and the customers and then also dealing with the server's drinks. So, I definitely mm-hmm. was paying attention and I drank everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that definitely helped. I, I had just graduated from college. I was going through like a horrible breakup. So, I was there like every night. I was definitely like the new girl who was just there on her night off, just <laughs> <it's> <laughs> like there's always one. You know?
0: It wasn't one of those situations where your friend was like, she's already here. Let's just give her a job.
2: It, it, I mean, it was kind of like that. Like I was always <laughs> her, and she was sort of like, I'm, I'm sick of like having to ask my boss to comp your drink. So at least if you work here, you can drink for free. So I, was kinda like, okay, great. I got oh. free drinks locked down.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Good friend.
2: Yeah, she's, she's a good friend.
0: <laughs> Did you find it easy just to get all the drinks in your head and then mixing with the customers?
2: Yeah I think that part like the technical parts of bartending I took to like very well just like the organization of getting the drinks out as fast as possible and the recipes and um, and um that stuff but like the social part took me a little bit longer mm-hmm. like I worked at a place that um I would say like 90% of our clientele was like people who would come in alone and like most of them would be guys so I had to do a lot of like okay, I'll give you advice about your divorce or like, (laughs) I have to You're single all the time or like dance that like weird line of like, these are all my friends, but then also I need your money. So Mm. it was um, that part I I definitely had a harder time with because I'd watch the guys who were bartending and the effort that they had to put in there was so minimal for people to be impressed by them. Like they didn't have to smile like their faces off and they would just be like, and get the job done whereas I had to get the job done and then also be like oh my god I'm so excited to see all of you guys Thanks so much for coming because if I didn't then people would be like oh well you know she's a bitch and that kind of started to drive me a little bit crazy eventually but when I was 23, I was like, "This is fun. <laughs> Look at all these guys." <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I think I'm going to die back here.
0: <laughs> See, I, I can't, uh, I, uh, I can kind of relate to the other people you were talking about because when I first started bartending, I'm a little bit of an introvert, and well, more than a little. And uh, the the reason why I became a bartender, and part of the reason why I started the podcast, is to work on that to be able to talk to people and uh get out of my shell pretty much and so for the first i don't know probably three four months year i don't know i was kind of that guy with the straight face stern look and they'd come up long island iced tea poor clang there you go you know and uh, yeah. that's pretty much how i was but uh uh, the other bartender that got hired on shortly after me was a veteran bartender. She had been uh, bartending for a lot longer than me, and she really drugged me out, you know, pulled me out of my shell. And so that, you know, having a good coworker, that isn't one of those uh, people are like, hey, how's it going? Come on, and, you know, and kind of take me out slowly, that helped.
2: Yeah, it's definitely, ha- it's definitely good to have someone to like watch and, and learn from with that kind of stuff, w- which is like what my friend did because she would have these like little go to jokes that would work like in similar situations and they just always like would turn things around. I'd be like, okay, I have to like have a log of like, you know, things to say to people when I don't know what to say other than just like doing the straight job of getting the drink and giving it to them because a lot of people like that like when i go to a bar I actually really don't expect a bartender to like entertain me and i definitely don't need to like talk their ear off for two hours unless there's like already a good rapport going on um so some people definitely like need that from a bartender like they need to think that like we're all just hanging out and this isn't my job and Mm -hmm. i'm just having fun you know and it's like oh my god after a while (laughs) like (laughs) wow i really can't keep this up
0: yeah uh, that's a great way to look at the job uh Back when I uh, back when I used to bartend, I used to try to keep a keep a log of things in my head and it was never anything original. I'm sure you have tons of original stuff in uh, that you've written over the years that you use with your customers. but I love stand-up comedy and I listen to the classics like Carlin, Robin Williams, uh, Cosby all you know I, I loved the comedy radio stations and so when I go and work at the bar that night, if there were, you know, people were expecting me, say something funny, say, say something entertaining, I would go and say, okay, what was that bit Robin Williams talked about? And, uh, I'd entertain him that way, you know, especially the, oh, I mean, uh, especially people used to get floored when I talked about the seven dirty words you can't say on TV from George Carlin. Yeah.
2: <clears throat>
0: I'd say, you know, I'd say all seven ship his fuck, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. And then they just stare me at, with, at me with open eyes. I'm like, what? You said all those words when you came in. And they're like, not all at once.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is good. Like, because some people are just like naturally they can talk to anyone and, that, you know, they can talk forever. And there there are definitely bartenders like that, um, which I noticed, like, if people are naturally super extroverted and love the social part of it, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time they would sort of um, – struggle with the technical part of bartending like mm-hmm. when I was a server there were a few of the bartenders who were just like such social butterflies and I would always like have to wait forever to get my drinks because oh, they God.
1: would
2: always be like with their regulars whereas I was like okay my first priority is always going to be to make the drinks as fast as possible which just a, a customer who was more of a social butterfly would be like oh now she, she doesn't want to talk to me or she's not paying attention to me and it's like uh I'm just trying to do my first job and then I'll come back <laughs> And tell you some story that I made up on the way here. <laughs>
0: uh, that's God. Uh, yeah i I used to try to uh, try my hardest to entertain the customers, but it, you know it was never original stuff. Uh, most of it was just smart aleck remarks. Uh, but uh, every once in a while, because I was I have a very technical mind, but my every once in a while I'd get caught on, in a roll or something like that, and all of a sudden my servers just An- Anthony. And it's just smiling, right, yeah. and uh, I look down and see the printer's got five strips on it, and I'm, oh crap!
2: <laughs> yeah, I still have that like noise in my head of the printer like going off. Like I, I it's been six months since I bartended, and I'm like dreaming about like the ticket counter like going off <laughs> too much. But we used to like the servers would throw ice at the bartenders when they weren't paying attention, so oh, well, we would just have ice wars.
0: Yeah, that would turn into a war if it, uh, if that were with me. <laughs>
2: Yes, for sure. Uh, I was honestly so nervous about talking to people when I first started back there because it was like, you know, it wasn't just people coming in and hanging out with their friends. Um, It was a lot of people that would come in and be alone and would actually expect me to entertain them like, oh, you're a bartender. Let me ask you this stuff. So I actually brought this like book of questions (laughs) into my first few shifts. And it would ask you like these like philosophical questions about life, just like just try and get the conversation going. And sometimes then the people would talk amongst themselves about it. And then I could kind of like blink back and keep <laughs> doing my job. So I would sort of like give them something to talk about. It'd be like, Jeff, we all like that, right? <laughs> I never know. <laughs> so but eventually I was like, eh, you know what? There's only so much I can do. And I make a good old fashioned. So you guys can either like me or leave me.
0: This is a, uh, you throw out a philosophical questions, tell them discuss and then walk away. That's awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was kind of my MO. <laughs> there was one that was always a hit that was like, um, if you could, if you were given an envelope with the date of your death on it, would you open it? And people would always fight about it. Really? Like they would. Yeah. It was very polarizing. The <laughs> people that wanted to look at it and people that didn't. So.
0: <laughs> Boy, I don't think I ever got my, any, of my customers into a deep conversation like that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, well, it's the whiskey drinkers, you know. Oh. Like, we had a bunch of scotch, so they love to like sit there and you know ponder about um, the curiosities of the world.
0: When, like you said, uh, people come up to uh, the bartender constantly all the time and ask for advice. And being, uh, when I first started, I was uh, about twenty-four years old and fully knowing I don't know advice from a hole in the wall. You know, I can't give you good advice on anything because I don't know anything. But, right, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, my favorite response, though, to anybody, when they, uh, like, the this guy would walk up to the bar, lean on the bar, bar, you know, just like you see in TV shows and movies, and say, Anthony, I need some advice on women. And I'd look at him right in the eye and I'd say, sure. As soon as I get some, I'll let you know. And then I'd walk away from him.
2: <laughs> That's good, Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I, yeah, I mean, I was also 23 when I started. So, and most of our customers were in their fifties and sixties. So I would be like, I don't know. I mean, don't get married. Don't have kids. I don't know what to say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually sort of liked when people would come with a problem or would like talking about their lives. What I thought was weird is like when they would sit there and kind of stare at you and then be like, so where'd you go to college? (laughs) And, And then. I had to uh, like unravel my entire life story. And then sometimes they would be like really judgmental. they like I'd be like, Oh, I went to NYU. And they're like, and you're a bartender. And I'm like, oh my God, now I'm just getting roasted yeah. for like giving my personal life to this person when my only job was to give them a drink. Right. So that was weird. Being owed all this like personal information always was strange to me. So I made up a character for a while. I just like had an alter ego. <laughs> and that's, she was that's awesome she was very fun and flirty and she was just a party gal the problem is our mar was like 70 percent regulars, so a lot of them were so confused they'd be like wait i met that other day and her name is tracy and then they were like no that's kim she's been here forever and i'd be like i don't know guys what <laughs> you've been punked um, does anyone want free stuff i don't know what to say like <laughs> so it didn't last long but it was fun well it lasted
0: yeah that's that's awesome to start screwing with the customers like that and just make up stories every time somebody tries to find out something about you. Because uh, I was really uncomfortable when people wanted to know about me, and I'm like, why? <laughs> and-
2: yeah, it was weird, especially when it's like I knew nothing about them. You know, they weren't giving me anything. Like. I just had to tell, they were like, how many siblings do you have? And, you know, what do you really want in life? That was always the big question. It's like, well, oh, what are you really, what are you really doing? You know, because mm-hmm. obviously this wouldn't be your real job, which even though it wasn't, you know, what I wanted to do forever, I always still found it kind of offensive because I had coworkers that were like, you know, career bartenders or like really investing um, into doing this for as long as possible. So I was like, you're sort of just slapping everything they've done in the face. And at that point, when I first started, I was making like triple the amount of my friends that had like, you know, real jobs or what they would have yeah. considered like you know a more respectable income. So I was kind of like, I don't really know why you have to shame me like that. You know?
0: Uh, yeah. That's always been the common occurrence. People, uh, people always come up to you and say, uh, you know, why don't you get yourself a real job or, and that's really insulting because it is a job. <laughs>
2: and yeah like I'm you're literally watching me work so it isn't yeah. the definition of a real job I, and def- I'm going home with money right so
0: that's uh, the most insulting thing that anybody ever says and it happens constantly and it's part of one of uh, once again one of the reasons why I started this podcast so the uh, servers and bartenders could tell stories uh, about stuff like that and I don't know if it would ever brighten anybody else's point of view, doubt it, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just fun.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a lot of people don't know that because they're, they just see a bartender who, if they're doing a good job is looking like they're having fun, you know, they might be like taking shots of the customers and telling stories and it looks like sort of a party environment, but it's like, no, I've been on my feet for 10 hours. Mm -hmm. I'm like counting down until the shift is done so I can (laughs) sleep. Like it is very much a job. So
0: Well, I, I always, uh, uh, every once in a while I would get a customer that would automatically think, okay, he's male, he's a bartender. He's probably a thief of some kind. Uh, he's going to probably try to steal my wallet. He's going to probably overcharge me, whatever that, that was a common occurrence.
2: Yeah. I think I will say like, I think bar customers are definitely not as trusting of male bartenders Mm. or like, also I think young women, customers always assume that male bartenders are like very like flirty and alone. <laughs> it's like, oh, this bartender definitely wants to date me and is going to give me a million shots and it's like, mm, probably not. <laughs> oh,
0: you have no idea how many friends of mine I I'd gone out drinking with and they're like, dude, I think this bartender or server is really into me and I'm like, it's her job. And yeah. I hate to I hate to burst your bubble there, buddy, but <laughs> There's a small chance she likes you. Small, but.
2: <laughs> yeah. That was definitely we would always count like how many numbers because pretty much all of my coworkers were women, so we would just count like all of the numbers we got at the end of the night and be like, "Who wants a number?" Like on the receipts, you know, <laughs> it's just like people leaving their little notes, like "Can't wait to go out with you." And it's like, no, I, we just really needed that that twenty percent tip. But yeah. thank you. <laughs>
0: So tell me a little bit more about where you work.
2: Um, so it was like, yeah, um, it was like a cocktail. I mean, it still exists, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been closed for a long time. Um, cocktail kind of lounge place. It was pretty small. But yeah, it was like a blast from the past kind of place. Like it looked like a bar that would be on Mad Men. Oh, okay. It was um, like a lot of men in suits and drinking their scotches. We had tons of bachelor parties. So that was that was the vibe. <laughs>
0: So, uh, probably, uh, probably not a cigar bar since, uh, the New York is, looks down on smokers and stuff like that.
2: Um, I'll just, I'll I'll just say, uh, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) So,
2: uh. Oh yeah, that was the
0: vibe. So you say that you mostly serve like, uh, scotch martinis, uh, or is, do you serve, A little bit of everything.
2: Yeah, it was like old fashions, Manhattans, martinis, dirty martinis, um, a lot of like just neat pours of whiskey. Um, But yeah, I would say like whiskey, classic cocktails. Oh, Negroni's were huge. Um, Mm. So yeah, like all classic cocktails were were big. And then when we would get the parties, we would get like some more standard party cocktails, like Long Island iced teas and stuff and margaritas. Sure. For the most part, it was, like, whiskey stuff.
0: So, tell me about your clientele. Uh, You know, just, you don't have to pin one person, pigeonhole one person, but what are the type of people that usually hang around your place?
2: Um, We would get, like, you know, people after work, a lot of, like, people cheating on their wives,
1: Uh honestly. (laughs)
2: Um, Yeah, bachelor parties and birthdays, celebrities. A lot of athletes um yeah, it was very, it was like kind of like a club atmosphere, but like more of a pregame to like a strip club or something, or like the pre- a pre game to the club
0: ah, uh, see so that was something I could never get used to when I see a regular customer come in where he's clearly fooling around behind his wife's back and and i I had that just all the years I bartended, I never could cope with that i was just like what the hell are you doing dude and it's uh i thought i would get used to it after a while just like oh he's doing but uh i actually know his wife and this sucks
2: <laughs> yeah i know i went through like phases with it where at first i was like oh my god this is awful and then i was like well i guess you know, everyone is just shitty here, you know? <laughs> like eventually it just kind of like turns you around, I'm like, okay, all customers are against me. So I'm just gonna like out of the gate, you don't have my trust, and then maybe you can earn it. Whereas when I started, it was like, Okay, everyone's perfect and I can't wait to serve everyone. Um, so you do like learn a lot about people, I would say. Um and it was weird like when you would see, you know, one guy with like nine girls and in, in a week or something and oh. like I would yeah people would try and keep track of the names and it was like no don't ever say anyone's name because you're always probably going to be wrong and then you're going <laughs> to really blow everything up I'd be like there's so many bars you know like you could you like why are you coming to the same place with your secrets but some people just don't care which I was like I don't know if I'm impressed impressed by that or just like morally
0: scandalized i don't know uh, i used to for the guys that would come in with a different women a uh, different woman every night i used to debate i never actually followed through of uh trying to uh get more money out of them tip wise uh, because like oh uh, hey jim how's it going how, uh, hey how you doing karen oh wait she was yesterday
2: Oh, I know. It's like I know so much about you. You really, really should be tipping me more than ten percent. Like, <laughs> like I know you have seven houses. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, <laughs> I could blow up your whole thing on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I didn't because at some point I was like, all right, you know, people assume that they know so much about my life, and that would annoy me. So like, I can't assume everything about theirs, and then. You know, a lot of people would be in situations where, like, the guy was crazy wealthy and he was married technically, but it was, like, sort of an understanding at that point that, like, you know, they weren't monogamous. Mm. So I was like, okay, that's a little bit dark, but that's their arrangement, so I'm not going to judge it. <laughs> and I guess, yeah, his wife would be, like, in labor and he'd be on a date with, like, an escort, and I'm like, wow, this is this is really interesting.
0: Yeah, that...
2: <laughs> so I'm just going to take... Shots by myself, <laughs> and the last call.
0: So uh, you accidentally said that you get celebrities in there, and I always when I, when people mention that I always have to ask, well, who have you met? I want to know.
2: Yeah, I am. Um, I think I. I don't know if it's like face blindness or if it's just like that service industry thing where, like, when you see someone, like, honestly, we would have regulars, and I it would take me so long to like remember who they were. Like, I'd remember what they drank, but when you get so busy it's like everyone just is someone who wants something and you like don't see them as individuals you yeah. know like <laughs> when people would be like oh can you get that for my table and it's like I don't know what table you're sitting at like I only am looking at you as like numbers right now so celebrities would come in and like of course I knew who they were but I would just be like okay like I, I can't I don't <laughs> I can't recognize you and my co-workers would always make fun of me because I like carded the Jonas Brothers I like had no idea <laughs> who yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool, You're right? Like, they look so young. They look like you know little boys. Yeah. <laughs> so I, just like, I don't know if I'm allowed to be in here. Um, we had like Adam Sandler come in, and it was like my first. I was very new to serving, and I like messed up his credit card oh. because um, it was so bad. I'm like still like to this day shocked I didn't get fired, which is why I also I'm like very protective over my boss because <laughs> he's been very nice to me, um, and. So like, we usually don't run tabs for the tables, Mm. but for some reason that night, two tables had given me cards. So one of the tables went to close out and they were like, oh, that's my card. So I ran it and they left and went home. And then Adam Sandler's table was like, can I get my card? And I was like, totally. I only had one card left. So I gave it to him, ran the card. And he was like, "Um, this isn't my card. And I was like, it has to be your card. It's the only card I have left. So it turns out I give given Adam Sandler's table card to the other table and they went home and left with it <laughs> and it was bad. It was really bad because I was like, I have no idea how we're going to track that down. And like, if it says his name on it, like if you had Adam Sandler's credit card for the night, like, wouldn't you like run it up? Like, I don't know. I would debate. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you were a, a good person, yeah, you wouldn't. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, see how yeah, far this happy up-
0: Gilmore money gets me. <laughs>
2: exactly right i mean he doesn't deserve that he was very nice but um yeah (laughs) it was it was so stressful um but they ended up being able to switch it back because there was like an account um there's like a company name on the card and uh they called that company and then switched them back well he was like interviewing on like conan the next morning and my owner had to like drive there and switch it back with him oh wow so yeah that was the most stressful celeb encounter <laughs> for sure.
1: <laughs>
2: but after that, I was like, whenever I would train people, I was like, I don't care if you remember the, te- the table number that goes with the tab. Like everything has to be like marked down. Like everything has to be super organized because you might give a celebrity's credit card to a stranger and then they run off into the night. <laughs> so
0: Now uh, I have to ask, I don't know. My hero, Billy Joel if you see the poster in the back, have you ever met him?
2: No, I
0: haven't.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where he would hang out. I don't know. None, none of my like service industry friends who work in New York have seen him. So I don't know. I don't know where he would be. I'm trying to think musicians other than the Jonas brothers. (laughs) I, I I can't really, I don't know. It was mostly, um, like comedians, like Larry Wilmore would come in. Um, And then Adam Sandler.
0: Now, now you being a comedian also, did you ever try to throw some of your shtick at them just to get them to notice? Maybe uh, say, hey, this this girl's funny. (laughs)
2: No, I just, I don't know. There's something, I can't imagine a scenario in which... a celebrity who I like admire and respect who's like in the field that, you know, hopefully I'll be able to have like a full career in would see like a funny bartender do something and be like, that's it. She's a star. Like I'm going to take her out of here and put her on a TV show or hire me for my writing staff. I had like a few things that like definitely like whipped my ass into gear where people would like ask me for my card or ask me for my website or something. And I didn't have those things available. And then I was like, okay, next time, I'm going to be prepared, you know, for these kind of networking um, occasions. But, uh, yeah, I didn't – I mean, I remember one time there was, like, the uh, creators of South Park came in, and all my coworkers were like, oh, you should go and, like, charm them, you know, with oh, your wow. jokes. And i like, no, I'm going to go and take their order <laughs> because <laughs> I really just don't see that going well, like <laughs> – riffing my bits on famous people <laughs> like Bill Burr was there and they were all like no you should serve him you should serve him I'm like no Bill Burr is not going to let me open for him because I had a witty retort about his vodka soda or something
0: <laughs> well that's really awesome that your coworkers are at least trying to encourage you to meet up uh, to rub elbows with people in the business that you want to be in that's, that's really oh, awesome yeah.
2: we, definitely, we definitely have like a supportive Staff for the most part, I mean, there's definitely been some fights, but I was <laughs> just—I mean, working 12 hours, three to five times a week together, you're definitely gonna have arguments. But yeah. um, we we were we were supportive for the most part with that stuff, like with all the things that we wanted to do outside of there. Like my coworkers would come to my comedy shows, and um, my boss would come sometimes too, so that was fun.
0: Well, uh, any uh, bar staff or restaurant staff, you're basically family because you're around each other more than your actual family. And so you help each other. You hate each other. It ha- it all happens. It goes up and down. Oh,
2: yeah. I would say it's just as toxic as a family environment <laughs> as well. <laughs> like, you know, when everyone's drinking at 4 a.m. after close, it's like, you know, the most chaotic moment of Thanksgiving. So that was <laughs>
1: It's always
0: a vibe, but you can't run your uh little brother out of um uh out of the house like you can a server that's just not cutting it so
2: yeah, for sure, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was always the thing. it's like i mean you can you can be kind of a nightmare to your coworkers and you can always be like a problem, but if you're still good at your job, then no one really cares right. like that was. That was always the thing. Like you always had to be good at the job first, and then a bunch of other things, you know, would slide.
0: So, well, uh, back back when I bartended, the uh, they used to it used to be kind of a test to see if they could hang with us, you know, one way or another. And we'd pull pranks on them, or you know, what are, are they going to take their shifter after their uh, first shift here tonight, or are they just going to go straight home? You know, so, you know, we we'd have things that we'd look for, and oh. Uh, And then like one girl, one of my favorite servers I ever worked with, she, uh, her first day was working with, uh, working with me. She followed the rules that I stipulated. Okay. Only me behind the bar. You don't come back here. And she was totally cool. Handled the customers really well. And then as soon as her shift was over, she plopped herself in the bar and said seven and seven. And I thought, okay, I said, okay, the other girls are going to like you. So
2: Yeah, there are definitely like those are unwritten rules that every bar has, where it's like if you did this one thing on your first shift and you pass the test, it's like hazing. Honestly, oh yeah, <laughs> the post shift hangout is definitely a test as well. So.
0: Yeah, definitely. But the other another server, uh, she was pretty good. Uh, she sat down at the bar and ordered a, uh, what was like orange juice and tarantula tequila. And, uh, on her first shift, but she couldn't hang with us, uh, f- uh, for some reason. Cause she just didn't understand our humor. She didn't. Uh, and she acted an idiot, uh, after a couple drinks after her shift while still w- wearing uniform. So we were, Oh yeah. Uh,
2: that was always a big one. It's like, yeah, if you're going to be here, like you're representing the bar. So like, don't be blackout. <laughs> <laughs> and Hanging out, you know, with customers when clearly, you know, you can't. So yeah. lightweights definitely can't hang. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh thing that I admire, I, I was talking to uh, some musicians a couple episodes ago. Um, Do you, uh, do you believe that uh, being a working in the service industry allows you to concentrate uh, a little bit better on your craft and still make money? Uh, like, cause work on your comedy during the day or late at night, early morning, whatever, but still be able to get, you know, bring home cash.
2: Um, I would say yes and no. Like I think an ideal scenario, like I would have been able to juggle everything and, um, you know, work full time at the bar and then wake up and write and still be able to like do shows on my night off and, all that stuff. But I did notice like over the six years that I was bartending and just working in the service industry in general, it was like, if I was like crushing it as a bartender and like always going in with like all of my energy, um, then my like personal life and my other goals suffered. And if I was really working my ass off on, you know, comedy and writing and getting published and all that freelancing, um, then I would just be so tired and so not like present when I was bartending. So I had to like, you know, figure out the balance if I wanted to keep it up because I did like enjoy the financial security the bartending gave me a lot. Um, so that, that was definitely a hard balance. And I would see it sometimes with like the new servers that would go in um, and they would start and they'd be so like, you know because it's glamorous at first. You're like, yes. wow, I get to work with all these people and I get to go home with tons of cash and I get to meet you know powerful, important people, and then I get to go to a dive bar well when it's closed and stay there until the sun rises and get free drinks. And um, it can definitely consume all of your other goals because it's a social life and it's financial security and it feels like you know everything is lining up. So I would always kind of tell them like you know just remember why you're here and why you're you're (laughs) why you're actually doing this right and make time for other things um but yeah it's a hard balance so I, I always go back and forth with that I'm I'm very grateful for the job but um I did find that when I was like giving it my absolute all then I wasn't giving my other things my full energy
0: yeah I totally understand that but uh, inspiration hits at weird spots. Well, uh, musicians tell you this all the time. Uh, that uh, So, say you're working behind the bar and something in the back of your mind just clicks and it's hilarious. Do you go into panic mode to try to find a piece of paper to write it down or ju- uh, get it into your cell phone or something? Has that ever happened?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, we were all kind of honestly... Admittedly, bad about using our phones while we were working. So (laughs) I, we would get yelled at a lot. There was always like a staff meeting, and it would always come up. Um, And at one point, the servers just were banned completely from using their phones. Mm. And the bartenders got a slide because our owner would text us sometimes, so he needed us to like at least be looking at it. Um, But yeah, I would just kind of like if I had a really good tweet or something, I'd be like, I'm gonna tweet, and (laughs) that would that would be. I mean, obviously, if everyone had their drinks first, then you know, then I would look.
0: If you have a little bit of downtime, it's okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's weird because you like, you would literally have nothing to do and people would be like when there's, you know, time to lean, there's time to clean. But I was like very proudly clean bartender. I was like, I've scrubbed everything 17 times. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a texting argument with someone right now. (laughs) (laughs) This is time for Instagram. Let me live.
0: (laughs) Speaking of Instagram, I found you by your uh, the videos that you made of what your drinks say about you—you've uh, done a, uh, a few of them—and are they both on like TikTok and Instagram? Or
2: yeah, they're they're all on all three platforms because I'm a thirsty promoter. So yeah, they're <laughs> on Twitter, and TikTok, and Instagram. Um, I did yeah, I did one that was like what your cocktails say about you. Um, I did like a Long Island Iced Tea history <laughs> four-part series. Um, and then I did wine, a wine one and a bachelor party one.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I didn't I didn't know your comedian, but the, uh, the, the bachelor party ones, those were hilarious. When, what made you decide to come up and do that?
2: Um, well, honestly, so when the COVID happened, I was like, <laughs> I guess I'm an unemployed bartender right now. And we were constantly talking in our like staff group chat about unemployment and like, you know, figuring out what we were all going to do or how long it was going to be closed and stuff um so i i did a video that was like bartending from home like what how do you do it <laughs> and um i was like oh this is bartending from home from an unemployed bartender and then i just started thinking about like all the people and i was like i wonder what they're doing in quarantine like those people that we would see every day for like seven hours i was like i don't know if they're okay <laughs> so then all the characters kind of came back to me and so i was like okay I guess I could do like a, you know, what your drink says about you thing. Because it really is like, it says so much. You know, yeah. <laughs> The drink you order is such a personality. And then I actually realized that a lot of people on TikTok did a similar thing. But I don't know. I thought I, I nothing is original. So I was like, I came up with this.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> but I did
2: more like characters with the drinks. And there would be a lot of people that would do like an image. And then they would say, okay, you're a frat boy or something. Mm-hmm. So I tried to put my own spin on it.
0: Yeah, be, being a bartender, I never tr- uh, thought about doing that. Uh, you know, doing a type of thing like that is oh, this person's or- ordering a Long Island, so they're probably a rookie, and they just want to get drunk quick. Yeah. But uh, I, I've actually interviewed another girl uh, from Jersey, and she kind of had her own thing. She she hasn't done it in a long time, but uh, it, it's hilarious when that bartenders come up with this stuff, because. Uh, my mind was more technical. I, I see your face. I won't know your name, but I know that you're you're going to want a Foster's and a McNaughton's. Uh, and, yeah. uh, you know, your drink will be on the bar before you sit down. But I, for the life of me, I cannot remember your name. But then the late at night crowd, more big mixed drinks, the Long Island's, the AMF's and uh, that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, that's definitely true.
0: But making up the characters that uh, that was really uh, that was really good. I like that.
2: Thank you. I mean, I mostly just like needed somewhere to put all the rage that I had pent <laughs> up, over the last six years. Um, and there was a lot of it. And I was like, I got to figure out what to do with these judgments because I just um, I, I grew very jaded at one point. <laughs> I was just like. <laughs> You know what some of you people suck and i have to admit it
0: so a lot of people use tiktok as a uh outlet for uh anxiety and anger rage and all that
2: yeah, for sure and it's a great tool you know <laughs> to they're they're very healthy mentally
0: <laughs> what's going on right now in new york you said you've pretty much been trapped in your home
2: pretty much um i i took up rollerblading so that's that's been <laughs> what i've been doing <laughs> A lot. Um, so, yeah, I'm just I'm just rollerblading now. And, you know, people do like outdoor. There's like outdoor restaurants and bars are open. And actually, indoor dining past September 3rd. So I do have some friends um, in the service industry that are already working inside again. So that's, that's been pretty crazy.
0: Okay, this is going to sound like an interview question, uh, but it really isn't. Uh, well, if... managers listening somewhere and here uh, here's this they'll you know tell tell them to take notes but uh, as a bartender or server uh, what makes you stand out Uh, what makes people want to come and see you
2: oh god Um, I don't know (laughs) I mean I would like to think it's because I I did really take a lot of pride in the actual work of that place so I always um, you know made sure every drink looked and had all the proper ingredients and was like five five books um and i was really fast so i would say i was really good at managing um all the stress of the job but as far as coming back without knowing any of the technical things um i i gave a lot of free shots away and (laughs) you know what that's always a good reason if i was in the mood and people were nice Mm. um so that was always that was always the trick and my boss was very good about that he would always be like you know what if there's a problem just give him a free shot oh and it always worked i will say <laughs>
0: so, so uh, here adam sandler here's your free shot and so of your credit card
2: <laughs> no but <laughs> a
0: little
2: bit more we had to pump the check we had to give him all the all the merch gifts he's like i don't want this t-shirt of a place that stole my credit card <laughs> Thanks.
0: <laughs> I uh I've, I want a little bit more about your uh, comedy. When did you just decide that you wanted to be a comedian?
2: Um so I went to college for acting and then I transferred um for writing for TV and like screenwriting. So I've always been interested in like performance and writing. Um and I was like a musical theater kid when I was when I was a a teen. Um, so comedy to me was like the perfect combination of writing and performing. And I kind of started it just hoping that it would lead to something else. And now it's been <laughs> sort of like I started bartending. Um, but now it's been like six years and, um, I'm still doing it. So <laughs> well, that's, that's.
0: Don't let that discourage you. I mean, it just, sometimes it just takes a little bit of time. I mean.
2: For six months because of a yeah. virus. And yeah. anticipated.
0: So. I mean, I know you're uh, you're probably not able to work the clubs right now, but, uh, you know, working the clubs and uh, being able to still go to work. But make put yourself out there, whether it's using social media or working the clubs, I'm. Uh, it's going to happen eventually and just yeah, got to put has- the work into it.
2: Um, To see how, like, all of my uh, comedian friends have figured out ways to be funny without being on stage. And people have done some really cool things um, since March. Just, like, funny videos and working on their Instagram and Twitter. And um, that's been really cool. So, we'll
0: see. Yeah, I've been doing this podcast for uh, two years now. And the first year, it was tough for me to get uh, bartenders and servers just because of schedule conflicts to be on the show. Right. But then COVID hit, and I was like, jackpot! But, uh, yeah, but uh, unfortunately, it was jackpot for me, not so much for them. But uh, no. uh, when I first started doing this podcast, I met up with another podcaster that uh, does uh, workplace safety uh, podcasts. So nothing like what my podcast is about. But he said, the trick is just to keep at it, and eventually people will come to you. And he's right. I mean, uh, in most, in most ways, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't have Joe Rogan or Adam Carolla's numbers, but you know, <laughs> it's building.
2: Oh, not many people do. So that's okay.
0: <laughs> going to take care of a little bit of business before we finish up the interview with Kimberly De Niro. If you want a, a good cup of coffee, go to bartendersowncoffee.com. They got a large selection of different blends you can try out and truthfully i've tried the house blend and it is a good cup of coffee great for starting out the day they've got different blends such as french roast cowboy blend and even for the season, pumpkin spice so go check them out right now www.bartendersowncoffee.com next next up we got musical guests the darina harvey band you've probably heard this song on tiktok a lot And I decided I really want to bring them on the show and get this whole song on there because I was ultimately curious, what's the rest of the song sound like? And it is awesome, ladies and gentlemen. So right here on Hey Bartender Podcast, here is the Darina Harvey Band with the song The Last Shanty.
1: Well, my father often told me when I was just a lad, A sailor's life is very hard, the food is always bad. But now I've joined the Navy, I'm a boredom and a And now i found a sailor, ain't a sailor anymore Don't haul on the rope, don't climb up the mast If you see a sailing ship, it might be your last Just get your cities ready for another on a shore A sailor, ain't a sailor, ain't a sailor, ain't a sailor anymore Well, the killer got our mess, he says we had a talk. It wasn't like that in his day- we were up aloft. We liked our punks and sleeping bags. Well,
0: From their album Rove and Go, that was the Dorina Harvey Band with their song The Last Shanty. If you want to find out more about them, they've got a Facebook account, a Twitter account, and an Instagram account. Or just go check out their website, the com. There are also a couple uh, videos on YouTube. Uh, go to bandcamp.com, check out their music there. They've got most of their stuff posted on there. I personally found their music on Amazon Music, and they're probably on iTunes too. So if you want to find out more about them, that's what you got to do. And now let's finish up the interview with Kimberly Danero. Anyway, let, uh, let's time to it's time to promote you. Uh, so if people want to find out more about you, where do they go?
2: Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter at Kimberden or Instagram at kimberd which I know is weird. I need to change that handle, but it's K-A-M-B-E-R-R-D. And TikTok is just my name. Finally, Kimberly Janeiro, Genero <laughs> like money, but with an A. So mm. yeah, those are my uh, social media things. And uh, that's, that's where you can find me. But I would say I would plug my live shows, but um, those have been on pause for a while. But hopefully when everything comes back, um, I run a really fun show with the my friend who got me the job at the bar it's called left breast comedy and it's um at the knitting factory every first monday of the month or at least it used to be and hopefully we'll get that back so
0: just out of curiosity is there any any footage of you on uh, youtube
2: um i <laughs> i tried kind of hard to get my stand-up off of i i just don't keep i ha- it's all private just because uh. i was always worried about my parents getting really sad about it <laughs> <laughs> because it's <kind laughs> I know I need to get over that um, there is like a link that a festival uploaded which I've been trying to get them to take down so um, if you go to my website KimberlyDarrow.com I have a dirty set and a clean set that you can watch through the links there
0: okay cool so. Well, I th-
2: <laughs> unless you're my mom or dad and then please don't
0: <laughs> well uh, thank you so much for taking time out to uh, be on the show it, uh, You're you're totally awesome And uh, I really wish you good luck with your future endeavors being comedy or wherever you end up.
2: Thank you. You too. This was fun. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, people. It is last call. Last call for alcohol. Come on up to the bar. You're not getting shit from me. First of all, I'd like to thank Kimberly De Niro for taking a little bit of time to be on the show. You know, once this COVID thing uh, is over and we can get back to the way the whole status quo Go out and look for her if you're in the New York area. Check out the comedy clubs, and if you happen to know the bar that she works at or end up in the bar that she works at, tell her, hey, bartender sent you, and she'll probably give you a weird look maybe. I don't know. Uh, I'd also like to thank the uh, Dorina Harvey band for letting me use their song. Actually, it's a cover song uh, of The Last Shanty. Uh, I heard that on TikTok, saw a whole bunch of uh, people doing lip syncs to it, and I was just like, this is a really powerful song i gotta know what this is all about and i contacted him and they were more than friendly to talk to me about uh letting me use a song on the show so thank you guys very much and also got to thank the listeners you guys are awesome and uh you're helping me encouraging me to just keep this thing going and uh, having a good time with it it's been a blast so far and hopefully i can keep this up and going for a little bit longer So if you want to help support Hey Bartender Podcast, head on over to www.HeyBartenderPodcast.com. Pick up a t-shirt, sticker, poker chip, whatever, and uh, everything you do there helps support the show. Um, You can also follow me on Facebook. You can also follow me on Instagram, both of them Hey Bartender Podcast. Uh, I've also started a a patron account on Podbean. Go to patron.podbean.com slash Podcast, And uh, I've got some goals set up there. You know, I've seen a lot of people, they do that whole challenge where, you know, they give a large tip to their unsuspecting server. I want to do that. I want to do that really bad. That's one of the first goals. So, you know, as soon as the patron account reaches $300, hopefully before Christmas, because that would be even better. uh, Maybe a little bit after Thanksgiving. Uh, once I reach $300, I'd like to give that to an unsuspecting, uh, server or bartender somewhere and say it's on the, uh, listeners of Hey Bartender podcast. I've got other goals on there for myself also to build up the show and do a little bit more with it all with the help and support of you guys. Cause I can't do this without you guys. Check out the different tiers on the patron account you know $1 gets you a thank you thank you very much because you know a tip is a tip let's face it and other tiers where you get an opportunity to give yourself a shout out on the show or you uh, allow me to give you a shout out on the show or even be a part of my social media it's the this show's all about the bartenders and servers out there and it's about supporting you guys and promoting you guys whatever you uh, need done hey bartender podcast is there for you so, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, as usual, i got to uh, always close out the show this way. Lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. I I what do you mean
1: it's go? I just got hit!